0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: Key, you're watching that, and you heard that. I'm sure most of you did as well. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, and Eminem, presented by Progressive Insurance, all of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline with the bucks feeling pretty good. Good in a couple of different ways. If you saw that yesterday, you said, hey, we're going to come back. You said the same thing. We're coming back nearly 20 years ago, and how fun must have that been? You have to supplant your Ticker tape parade with the bow parade, but nearly twenty years apart. Fun nonetheless if you're a Super Bowl champion with the Tampa Bay Bucks.
2: No, it was fun, man. That that our ticker tape was fun. It was just different. We didn't go on the water. We we went down um Bayshore Boulevard. So oh, was, I'm
0: surprised you can remember.
2: Well, I was you know what? <laughs> I was hammered, but I don't think I got full full till after the ticker tape. Sloshed uh. and then hammered. No, I was at, by the end, it was two days of headaches. You know what I'm saying? It was like one of those deals where he was really out of it. And I saw Tom Brady, he going, that head is going to hurt. He a veteran at doing this. He's a seven-time veteran at doing it. So I think he has it at the control a little bit, Jay. But, man, being in the water in, in that Ooh. boat, that had to be so much fun. Uh-huh. And then he rolled out, he rolled out his own boat that he purchased For a couple million bucks, that wasn't nothing but extra Super Bowl money that he picked up along the way and decided to go purchase himself a boat and have some fun with it. But you can see that to me, whatever was going on in the New England clubhouse for the Patriots with Tom Brady and Gronkowski, Gronk was still having fun at their ticker tape parades, but this was Different. The weather allowed them to have more fun because it's cold at the ticker tape parades in Boston when they were winning, right? It's always snowing or freezing or some sort like that. But this right here, this was a real party. I enjoy watching it.
0: Ain't no ain't no worse headaches than that out in the daytime, drinking headaches in the sun key on the boat. I mean, look, I, when we were yeah, on the trip, I got I got I got pretty pretty messed up. I mean and there's nothing better than seeing Tom Brady messed up. Like, I've been around Tom Brady messed up. That is a fun Tom Brady. The things he's going to say, him throwing the the trophy, whatever, if that was a Lombardi trophy or not, I don't care. Just him still throwing the trophy is everything you need to know about how Tom Brady felt about everybody that day.
2: No, it was certainly a a Lombardi trophy. I just was wondering, like, for me, is it their Lombardi trophy? Is it one of his seven Lombardi trophies (laughs) that he decided to bring along for the ride? You know, that's what I was wondering. I'm like, I wonder if that's the actual one that they got, or is that just one – that he had that he decided, ah, let me just grab one of these off the shelf and toss it in the water or better yet, toss it to Gronk and have some fun with it. Uh, you know how it is.
0: I wish he would have dropped the key. It would have been better if it just dropped in the water. Like oh, oh, cause got, he dove I, in.
2: Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> Gronk would have dove in head first to get it. He didn't care. He wouldn't have been paying attention to anchors or nothing.
1: Now, always remember with Gronk, and I'm glad you guys brought this up, because obviously, I mean, it's Yosoy Fiesta. So if you're going to have a Super Bowl celebration, the guy that coined Yosoy Fiesta has to be there. Keep in mind, remember, the Lombardi Trophy and Gronk have a little bit of a history. If you recall, when they were both with the Patriots, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, they had a Super Bowl celebration at Fenway Park. So when the Red Sox opened the season, let's welcome out Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, and Julian Edelman. And there's video of this. You might remember this a couple years ago. Ago. It,
2: right? yeah. yeah,
1: Edelman threw him a pitch, so they are on the field at Fenway Park, and Gronk, being Gronk, he used the Super Bowl trophy as a bat. I love it. And then he dented it. So if you actually look at the Patriots' <laughs> sixth Lombardi trophy when they line them up when you go Lombardi? to one pad place. That one's dented. The, yes, it's dented like on the football, like on the top of the trophy where they, so they the football. So they didn't fix it. They didn't I fix it. I wouldn't fix it. No. But, but there's a reason way. why Gronk has not touched this lombardi trophy and that has everything to do with what he did with the last do you think brady was a little uh tipsy but that brain processing that's so good probably not great right now on the field great today I wonder what the
2: concoctions <laughs> were though because uh. when you do, i don't know how much you get down and have fun with stuff like this but when you were in parties and day partying like jay mentioned and after a few drinks of something, mm-hmm. you always wind up drinking what you didn't start with. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. somebody gives you something that you would and say, hey, man, I made this. Why don't you try it? You got your drink over here that might be tequila, whatever. And then all of a sudden you drink a vodka. Then all of a sudden you're drinking a beer mixed with something. and you, Before you know it, man, that head and that spinning around. Oh, God. You're like how did, I,
0: how did I end up with Hennessy in my hand? What is going and on? And it's got to
2: be 85 to 90 degrees in Tampa right now. Mm-hmm.
1: And
0: Zubin. When's the last time you? When's the last time you've been that drunk, Zubin?
1: I'm not a uh, probably in college. I'm not a big day drinker guy. That's like not my thing. I think you have to be enjoyable. I don't think at like eleven o'clock I can just pop it open and do it. Well, next time
2: oh. we go to next time when the pandemic is over and we go to one of these big fights or something in Vegas, a yeah. show on the road, go you're going to be day party. drinking. Oh yeah. yeah, it's happening. And we're not going to take no, We're not going to take no for an answer. <laughs> and we're not. We're we're not.
1: We're going not-
0: tequila. We're everything. doing everything. Everything.
1: Well, speaking of day drinking, Jay, you're the gambling guy. Over under 10 drinks after Bruce Arian said this.
2: Anybody that says running back, bull. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's Kansas City's bull Ooh, We're going for two. All right, we're going for two and we ain't stopping. All right. We're going to keep this band together and they know how to win. I can't thank the players, the families enough. For all the support during this crazy ass year that we had to put up with. All right? You beat COVID, and you beat every damn team we lined up against.
1: As Keith said, that's not See. technically the case. Jay, can I mention one thing as a postscript, by the way? And this is something that's interesting. And that is Bruce Arians told the Los Angeles Times yesterday, his family pleaded with him to opt out of the season. You're 68. You're in the high-risk category. They were absolutely saying, you know, dad, please don't do this. Obviously, for all the criticism that Bruce Arians got, and as evidenced by what you just heard, I don't think he really cares what anybody thinks, um, they couldn't have won the Super Bowl without him. I know the defense was great, left Leftwich, Brady, all that stuff. But let's be honest, the way that people were banging on Bruce Arians, I mean, y- you got to admit, he was an integral part of this happening, and it almost didn't happen.
0: Jay, well, was, go, go ahead. Yeah, I, I'll go under 10, under, T, <laughs> under 10 key. No you know why? Go back to Zubin's original question, because he's drinking that dark liquor right there. I can, I can smell it from here in Westport, Connecticut. I can feel it. That that's that that's that, yeah, you know what? Y'all talking all this trash? Yeah, we we going to just we we going to run it. We ain't stopping. We're not going to say run it back. We ain't stopping. That's our logo. It'll stop when the when the wheels fall off. I love that about Bruce Arians.
2: Yeah, they they uh certainly was having a party in Tampa for sure. It wasn't Gasparillo the prey. They made their own <laughs> Gasparillo out of the situation. Look, Bruce Arians deserves the credit. His family asked him much like you said Zubin to you know, take a think, think about it, take just a look a year. at it. Just, it was just a, year a year take off because he is a cancer survivor and yep. he's been through some other stuff in his life from a health standpoint. And and but he said, No, this is an opportunity for me to win a Super Bowl. He knew the type of team that he had, so the, the, the risk was worth it. Mm-hmm. And you know, you have to take your hat off to him, not just because people were banging on him, banging on him rightfully so, because at the time that he was being banged on they were not playing good football, and he was saying certain things that made people feel as though there was an issue with a relationship with Tom Brady. And so you know how this goes. He says something, and it looks a certain way, and, and people jump on that and run to the hills
1: with it. Then you wait two months, and it's called accountability. Yeah. Right? At the moment, mm-hmm. it's just sort of like boom, boom, loggerheads. Now but, it's just like it he was holding back, guys accountable.
2: Well, it, it goes back to my saying in baseball, as I've always said, you hear baseball's announcers say, well, that run's going to come back to hurt him in the second inning. The ninth inning, the closes on the mound. You hear nothing about what happened in the second inning.
1: Well, you're a Dodger fan, so you won't even be around by the ninth. You show <laughs> up in the fourth, you're out by the sixth. Got to beat the traffic in, got to beat the traffic out. We should mention the Bucks got their ring, figuratively. They'll have that bling on their hand when they most likely will open the 2021 season at Raymond James Stadium. Hopefully, everybody will be sober that night. They got their ring brought to you by Macy's. On the way. Deshaun Watson asked for it. We need a change from our organization, his organization for the moment, from the very top down, T-O-P. Guess who got his wish? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt,
3: and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot unsportsmanlike. You know, that's a really good encapsulation uh, key
1: uh, of what's uh. happened here in about a month. There was a tweet that Adam Schefter put out in mid-January. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear hotline. Adam put it out. It simply said something like, if you want to gauge Deshaun Watson's anger, it started on a scale of 1 to 10. It was a 2 out of a 10. And then it suddenly exploded to a 10 out of a 10. And then suddenly Deshaun Watson essentially confirmed that tweet. And everything you just heard there essentially has happened in less than one month. And the latest is team president Jamie Roots. Again, a guy with the Texans uh, two months ago and anybody even heard of Jack Easterby. (laughs) Now he's part of the NFL lexicon for every fan. Had yesterday outside of Houston. do you
2: really want to be that though if you him right now?
1: No, No, you do not. And here's the deal. Think about how long this guy was in the organization. So Jamie Roots is 54 years old, team president up until yesterday. He was hired in 2000. Just a reminder, the Texans didn't play their first game in the NFL until 2002. Okay. So this is how long this guy's been around. He predated the team playing their first game. But he essentially said, enough is enough. He didn't feel, Key, like he had any say in how the team was operating in its search for a general manager head coach. This is the president of the organization being the latest to say, I'm going to extricate myself from this situation and no small coincidence. Deshaun Watson said we need a foundation, a culture shift. Everything needs to start at the top. And now the guy at the top of the organization is no more.
2: Yeah, but I don't think, I don't think he was referring to Jamie Roots in this situation. I think...
1: Not specifically. I'm just saying that there needed to no, be.
2: I, yeah, but I'm saying what happened is he looked he looked at it. Roots looked at it and said, you know what? You're not listening to me. Mm-hmm. You're listening to this dude who was climbing up slowly because you continue to keep elevate Jack Easterby and you're paying attention to what you're not paying attention to what we agreed to do. I can't sit around here anymore and continue to watch this team and this organization crumble when we've laid this foundation down a certain way for many years under your late dad. And I'm sure those are the type of conversations that you're having, whether you're having them out loud or you're having them in your head by yourself to make you make this decision to separate from an organization.
1: Bob McNair, the owner. Bob McNair. Bob McNair, the owner.
2: Yeah. Who was basically handed the team, you know, once his dad passed away. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, you, again, I'll continue to say it, you have non-football people doing football things. And when you have that happening, you see where these organizations turn. When you got guys like the Rooney family who's been in it, who understands it, who is locking step side by side with their parents running the team. Or you have Steven Jones, Jerry Jr., Jerry running the Cowboys. So when their time comes, that I won't feel us I'm like, okay, cool, because Steven was doing it anyway. So he understands what it is to run a football organization. It's not just, oh, my dad is doing this. There's certain type of owners when you think about it. John Jonathan Kraft, who's Bob Kraft's son, mm-hmm. when his turn comes, I won't have any problems because he's just like his dad. Stays away, stays in his box, lets everybody run it, do what they need to do, and then they count the money in the end and their trophies in the end. That is how you run organizations, or you should run them that way, Jay.
1: And yeah, Jay, I just want to mention, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. The familiar connections run the other way. Some people would say when the team was bequeathed to Ursay in Indianapolis, hasn't gone as well. The Yorks in San Francisco, hasn't gone as well. So you're right. Football guys making football decisions. Jay, what do you make of this? The latest salvo, the latest disastrous moment for the Houston Texans.
0: So one of the things uh, that I get from doing the boardroom is I get to establish a lot of incredible relationships. And I'm telling you this for a fact. I've been saying it since day one on this show, and I'll say His name three times so we can make sure that everybody gets it. Jack Easterby. One. Jack Easterby. Two. Jack Easterby. Three. It's the influence that Jack Easterby has over this organization. For a guy like Jamie Roots, that's one example, okay? A guy's been with the organization for 20 years, Key. 20 years. And a great relationship with Bob McNair has called Kyle McNair, if you read articles, like okay. a brother to him. Not having influence, not being involved in this decision making is one of the reasons why Jamie Roots decided to leave to go a different way, that they even had to coerce him to a degree, hey, let's, let's hold off on you saying this because it will be a bad reflection on the organization right now, so let's, let's wait a little while. And then he finally does it, right? But it, just, it, it goes back to show you that it feels like there is so much influence coming from a man and the direction that he has with the owner's ear. I know personally that people do not like that, and that rubs people very much the wrong way. That's why you're having an implosion to this
2: degree. The Houston Texans. What? I can no I was I was asking Zubin Amy's last name a long time another long time person that was in a Houston Texas organization but I could I almost said Amy Trask but it's Amy something mm. and and I was telling Zubin on the sidebar that you see this happening where there's been a number of employees long time employees whether it was the equipment manager that was there forever, who's no longer there, who's really, really close to Deshaun Watson, who's no longer in the Houston, Texas, organization. And then Amy, I can't think of her last name.
1: Palchik, vice Pal- president of communications for the Houston Texans.
2: She was used to be the vice Pre- uh, president of communications. She's no longer there. That was there for a very, very long time. That ep- upset the apple Car big time. I mean, it, it just was people, when that happened, people was like, huh? So everything within this organization is dysfunctional. And this is the reason why Deshaun Watson has decided, according to all reports, that he does not want to be a Houston Texan anymore. And that's clean. That's clean for him. And I said it from day one. Once a player makes that decision and determination, his mind is made up, Jay. He doesn't want to be a part of it. He's going to look to do something else. And they can try their best to strong-arm him and make him sit or whatever people think is going to happen out there, that won't reflect good on your organization.
1: It couple, won't reflect good at all. A couple things here on Palchuk. I'm not going to go too deep on her, um, but she was let go in November they said it was a cultural fit issue, which then said, and had our Jeff Darlington tweet, and remember, our NFL reporters are dealing with all 32 of these teams. These vice president of communications, that's the conduit between the team and the reporter, then the reporter gets all the information to you, the fans. Quote, Darlington, if Amy Palchich isn't a cultural fit, quote unquote, then the Texans culture is absolutely rancid. Rancid is a strong word. She was actually at the time of her firing the only woman in charge of vice president yes. of communications for any team in the NFL. The one thing I I would say that's ironic here about Roots is that he was hired as the senior vice president of marketing to make the Houston Texans a massively popular team in the Houston area when they were an expansion team back in 2 Everything is there. It's Houston, it's Texas, it's football. The Texans also became one of the most profitable teams in the NFL under his watch. So he did everything he was asked to do. Make this team popular, make it money. And right now, the popularity within the fan base of everything that's going on is the polar opposite. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. On the way, we continue our QB or not QB series. We'll run through every team in the AFC East to answer their most pressing quarterback question. Passion, drive and patience. The formula
2: for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance, superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, led headlights, and more.
1: Is it a locomotive? Will the music change the tenor of this entire segment? All non-pressing issues for you, but pressing for us. Discussed on the patented 5.30 p.m. Eastern call. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear hotline. So yesterday we started with the NFC East. If you're unaware of this game, let's just get you up to speed on how it goes. We'll run through every division. Today it's the AFC East, as you just heard Shakespeare there say. And we'll go in order of finish From first to last, we'll size up each team's quarterback situation or the best, most pressing issue that team has if the quarterback is indeed absolutely their guy. And let's start with the division winners for the first time in how long?
2: Buffalo Bills.
1: Okay, I think we obviously know the Bills are keeping Josh Allen. The ascension has been unbelievable. The question key isn't whether they're keeping Josh Allen. It's whether they should lock him up right now or... Let's just wait a little bit.
2: You know, I I go back and forth with this, and I I feel like they should do a deal right now, but friendly for both sides. And if not, you go ahead, you exercise a fifth-year option, which they're going to do. And if you need to wait just to see a little bit more then that's okay because that number on the franchise tag is going to be high. And if that's what you want to do based on Carson Wentz, some of the things that's gone wrong with him, Mitch Trubisky gone wrong with him, or even Jared Goff has gone wrong with him. If you want to look at that and just sit tight, I'm okay with that.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I would lock them up. The, the question is key, like you said, for what number? Is that $40 million a year? Is that favorable for both sides?
2: It is. Possibly, but what if? What if this is a one-year kind of wonder? Even though he's been kind of doing better each year, getting better and better and better. What if next year something changes? So it's just—it's
0: it's the second highest-scoring offense in the league, though. That—that's a—I mean, it's but I, been a phenomenal year.
2: But I trust Brandon Beam, the general manager. I really do. I trust his thought process, and I think they get a deal done.
1: Here's the other thing, too, as crazy as this sounds, if he continues to play as well as Jay says he does, there is going to be a point, this is ridiculous, where $40 million for somebody like that, if he continues to play that well, is actually going to be a bargain. So if you yes. really believe in him, why not lock him up? But this is how fatalistic Bills fans are. You get those four straight Super Bowl losses, even though you saw what you saw this year. Armat Chick hosts radio Here at ESPN Radio on the weekends, big college football guy. You see him all over ESPN. Gigantic Bills fan. Even after what he saw this year, this is the temperature of a Bills fan. I love what I saw, but just hang on a second.
3: Look, as much as I appreciate what Josh Allen did last year, we just need to be patient here. He he took a huge jump this past season. We love him for it. We thank him. It was great. Getting to the AFC Championship game was incredible, but we need to make sure it wasn't a one-off. We just... We just saw what happened when Jared Goff took the Rams all the way to the Super Bowl. They gave him a massive deal, and then he regressed. And then the Rams had to mortgage their future to unload him. I do not want that to be the case with Josh Allen Buffalo. Look, I'm confident, but we've waited 25 years for a playoff win. What's one more year to make sure we have the guy who can lead us for another 10 years?
1: That's practical. By the way, I don't think Key and Matt Schick have ever meant, but the rationale was exactly the same. The Jared Goff example was indeed used. The Bills clinched the division in week 15. That's because this team, surprisingly once again, was having a better than expected year.
3: Miami
2: Dolphins.
1: Okay, here we go. We're going to hear from the erstwhile starter here in just a second. But Tua, where do we stand with Tua? Is this Mozart? What is this? <laughs> Beethoven?
0: I think it's Johann Sebastian Bach.
1: Bach. Okay, we'll go with Bach.
0: I just made that up. Yes, Keisha. He's like yes. He's
1: Gustavo Dudamel. He's the he will uh, be an incredible composer.
2: He'll be <laughs> an incredible composer.
1: Um, I, I, in the pit. in the pit.
2: Hang on. I think if Deshaun Watson is available, you can get Deshaun Watson, much like the New York Jets. I think you, you, you do that. If you can, if you're the Miami Dolphins. If not, Tua's the guy. You see where it goes. You drafted him to be the guy. So don't all of a sudden start to side-eye Tua because Deshaun Watson is on the market. You don't want to upset Tua in this situation. So you go ahead and you continue to move in that direction, operate on the norm, unless Deshaun Watson becomes available.
0: With you all the way, Key. Let's give him some continuity. Let's give him some reps. Let's actually give him an offseason, a preseason. Give him another year under co-offensive coordinators and George Gottsie and Eric Stutzville. Give him some time to figure this out. Even (laughs) Ryan Fitzpatrick said he's going to have a big year too. Give
1: it some time. You're right. I I like the addition. The Stutzville, the 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 co-offensive coordinator thing is interesting because that's another tinkering move that Brian Flores has made. You know, that's an interesting move. Jay is now (laughs) crescendo. Jay. Yes. Ask for the right lower pit for the orc. Okay, hang on a second. Okay, it,
2: very that's that's very interesting. The the dual coordinator position. So
1: Flores has tinkered a little bit here. He really yeah, has, that's yeah. that's
2: interesting in the
1: NFL though. College football, yes. The NFL, I'm not. You know, here's the thing. It happens in college, as you know. Because in college, it that's what keeps a guy on campus. No, I right. That's what I'm we're going to give you a I little get it. bump. We'll, I you're get it. co but in the yeah. NFL, there's no sharing. Like somebody's got to make the decision.
2: Somebody's got to make the decision. Hey, should we go for it on fourth down?
1: What do you think? No, don't go. F- you know, I don't know. I don't know.
2: Uh, I don't
1: know. Here, here's what we do know. Tua was on our program last week, and mm-hmm. as Jay said, give him a full off season. Let him be the day one starter like he wasn't this year. What I do want for my quarterback is some swag. Here's Tua given us some confidence last week on KJZ?
2: To answer that
0: question, quite honestly, I haven't really heard too much about that, you know, until it was told to me by um, my agent. The way I'd I'd answer that is, I'm I'm the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, right now, I can only control what I can control. And so
3: my focus, um, my big focus is, you know, getting better from this year one to year two jump. And by doing so, uh, that's with my you know,
0: eating with my off-season program. I'd say the reason or the, the way I, I want to get better is with my pre-snap reads, you know, is, is going up to the line, my pre-snap operation with telling the guys to play, you know, knowing where everyone goes, understanding what everyone has to do, um, you know, and going out there and, and executing that play.
1: I, I love Tua, but this is just another in the long line of examples of I had no idea I was on the trade block until my, my agent told me, Bro, do you have a phone? Or I mean, I, And I love to. He's such a nice kid, but it's like, you know, the entire football world is talking about it. You know, my agent called me. I had no idea. Uh, just, yeah,
0: yeah,
2: definitely.
1: I love to. I, I don't think he's a bad kid at all. Just, uh,
2: yeah, how could you be that under a rock, huh?
1: Right. Indeed. Out from under a rock is what this team is hoping for after their worst season in, oh, I don't know, 20 years.
2: New England Patriots. Hey.
1: Key, your bold prediction on NFL Live as seen on ESPN weekday afternoons. Everybody thinks the Pats are done with Cam. Um, you're not so sure. Well, you know. What? I, I see. That's why. A guy
2: like Jay. What? Oh, God, he was terrible. Uh, yes, he did not play as well as he should have or well it, it, the way he wanted to. But he also got there at a time where he couldn't learn a system. All is a lot of circumstances surrounding the poor play on on top of himself playing poor. So it's kind of like, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they ran it back with him. I just wouldn't be because they were there. They saw him. They refused to go with Jared Stenham. Refused to. They refused. Why? Why do you refuse to go with a guy that you drafted that is, presumably was going to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady at some point in time? You refuse to play him. Why?
1: It tells you everything you need to know right there.
2: And so it makes me scratch my head to believe that, Jay, that they have some sort of plan for Cam to be there. I I just – that's just the way I feel.
0: I feel like they they potentially do, but it's called the default plan. That's the only way I can see Cam Newton be back in a Patriots uniform. If they don't get a Jimmy G, if they don't get a Marcus Mariota, if they don't get a Jacoby Brissett, somebody to come in that has continuity with that organization that maybe understands what they do – I. I only see that as the last option. Wouldn't you say that's safe to say, though, Key? Or do you see that it, as the first option?
2: No, I don't see it as a as a – I see it as an option. But the world that we live in want to just kick it to the side and make it as though it's never it's not possible to happen because he didn't play well. And Bill Belichick never have given me an indication, watching him from afar, that Cam Newton is done in New England. Never – that, he's never said that. Nothing is smelling like done in New England.
0: All I know, Zubin, is they better figure out that quarterback position because when Tom Brady comes back in town hmm. next season, whew, you know that the pressure is on. I, and I, I'm not saying that's going to be enough to get Bill Belichick out of, out of New England, but you know the pressure is going to get Man, bigger and bigger going and bigger. Nowhere. I didn't say he is going anywhere. I, I just said the pressure – I'm talking about Tom Brady keep winning. That's something we're going to constantly talk about all day, every day. kids. Yes.
2: They got a lot of roster problems, though. It ain't just a quarterback, and they know that. And Bill said it he in the did. middle of the season.
1: We sold out to win those Super Bowls. What more do you want? I mean, yeah, that's what I want for my head coach. I want you to sell out to try yes. to win the Super Bowl. And if you're the greatest coach in the history of the league, you get the benefit of the doubt in trying to build Agreed. it back up. I don't think there's, there's too much there. Last thing I would say on Cam, he's really the victim of stats. If you watch Cam, we've had pe- people tell us he played his heart out last year. But yeah. if you just go to the box score Monday morning, it's like, oh my goodness, this for that, for that?
3: Yeah. He's just yeah. one of those
1: guys that has just been killed by stats One of Key's bugaboos, how much stats are infiltrating today's game. Mike Reese on the show last week in front of one Patriot place with his gloves on, freezing. (laughs) Here's his thoughts. Freezing cold take here on Cam Newton.
0: (laughs) I would say right now, Key, I I would look in a different direction. And I think part of that was the limitations they had in the passing game. I I have to believe, and I sense this, they'd like to be better in that area. And they're sort of balancing two parts – one, they didn't necessarily put Cam in the best position to succeed as a passer because of the weapons around him. At the same time, I think hey. they're going to look at quarterbacks that maybe they envision being a little bit more efficient in that area. And there's a lot of questions as to who that might be, but I sense that
2: they're poking around some other options.
1: You hey, can't do that. <laughs> He's watching some Cam on the screen. I don't know if you're rethinking, but... <laughs> no, no, because I understand highlights. And highlights can trick
2: you, right? I mean... He dropped back in one, and he threw the ball in the eighth row. Another one he dropped back, and he bounced it in the dirt. Another one he dropped back, and he was hit before he planted. Not his fault. Now, you know, but there's good throws, too. Now, everything ain't bad. You got to just – let's just see, man. Yes. Let's
1: see. Let me take you inside TV. When you watch these highlights, one thing I can tell you from – you know, watching highlights my entire life and doing this for a living, we generally run the same four in a row. (laughs) So all you have to do is wait like four and it's the same bad play over again. So it's like one of those. They look so bad though. It make you go, ugh. That's true. Uh And uh, speaking of make you go, ugh, I mean, you know who's bringing up the caboose of this division every year.
2: New York Jets.
1: Ike, man, this is your squad. This is big, man. This is big. Sorry, Evan, it's true.
2: Unless I'm getting Deshaun Watson, there's nothing to talk about. If I'm not getting Deshaun Watson, Sam Darnold's the quarterback moving forward. We'll worry about the compensation in the future after we get him settled down and playing like he's capable of playing. He's got some stuff. But like any quarterback, no matter who you are, when you don't have coaches that know how to coach, you're going to look subpar. When you don't have players around you, you're going to look awful. That's just the reality of it. it, it I get it. You, everybody want to make Zach Wilson all of a sudden this great quarterback or, or Trevor. We don't know what the hell Trevor Lawrence is. We don't know what Zach Wilson is. We don't know what Trey Lance is. We certainly don't know what Justin Fields is other than college. So three years ago, Sam Darnold was the guy. Now all of a sudden you're telling me he cannot play football? Like he's that bad where he can't play football. He know. He doesn't know how to play. Where if we get Deshaun, then that's fine. Go ahead, take a late first round pick and move him. But if you don't get Deshaun, you better stick with him and do something with the number two pick.
0: The only reason I would agree with you is because I feel like the price for Sam Darnold figures to be much less than the price for Carson Wentz on the trade market, right? If you're Carson Wentz, is you're asking for a like, you know, second round pick or two second round picks, like I wonder what you're going to get for Sam Darnold. Um, look, his career QB rating, man, is 78.6. It's not good. He's only—he's never thrown for more than 19 touchdowns in the season. It's not good. I hear he hate to stay with them. You just better make sure you bake in some contingency plans if you have another year like he had last
2: year. That's all. Yeah, but but Jay, it's like you going from Mike Shapeshki as your basketball coach at Duke to Zubin. Hmm. Like they're gonna—they're gonna run sets right. for Boozer all the time. And you, once you bring the ball up the court, half court, they're going to tell you to get rid of it immediately. And then we're going to come on and say, well, this guy, you know, he was the number two pick of the draft. I just don't understand what's going on. I mean, it, it's, no. you know, you got to look at everything that he's dealing with. It's just not as simple as he had Kyle Shanahan and his coach and he just decided right. that he didn't know how to play football anymore. He had exactly. Adam G. Three head, he'll he will have had three head coaches, and four offensive coordinators in three years. Like, think about that for a minute, man. No, I, I, it makes sense. I'm just saying, you know, that's what happens to a lot of high draft picks. Key, Jeremy, them- M- Jay, do you know who Jeremy Bates is? You yes. the OC? Just say yes or no. Yes. Okay. Do you want him coaching you coming out of a cabin yeah. in the woods somewhere? I, I understand,
0: key, but I'm saying a lot of high draft picks have these type of predicaments. You're going to teams it, that aren't it, good. In a like, lot of it,
2: high draft picks, a lot of high draft picks falter because the people that's coaching them don't know what the hell they're doing. I've said to you many, many times. Agreed. I, I pray to get away from Richie Kotite. Guess Victimless who landed? Guess who landed in my hands? Bill Parcells. My career was saved, okay? And I had a good rookie season. But I knew if that dude was going – if those dudes and that staff was getting ready to be my coaches through my career, oh, I, get I wouldn't be on ESPN right now. I can promise you that. Oh, look, I'll I get, be somewhere in witness I, I, protection I, I, at one of those networks.
0: I had Bill Cartwright. We ran the triangle, right? Average fourteen and 6 my rookie year. I got saw other guys averaging 25 because all they ran is pick and roll. But at the end of the day – People will remember you for your stats, regardless of whether you like it or not.
1: Yeah, I mean, here's the bottom line. we're Unfortunately, in the NFL, we're dealing with a one-size-fits-all predicament, and that's actually what's killing Darnold. Because when Justin Herbert comes out of school, out of the very same conference, and he's balling out of control, and until Joe Burrow gets hurt, he's having exactly. the best statistical season for any rookie, people aren't saying, well, look at who Burrow's throwing to. Because he- those people are, don't don't understand. they just talking, man. Gotcha. You. But you might be the smarter guy in the room, <laughs> yeah, but they're but filling the narrative. That's, that's all I'm saying.
2: you know how i feel about the narrative i know damn the narrative the cincinnati Bengals decided to draft t higgins they had aj green over there they had john ross which hadn't done anything but they had receivers they drafted t higgins to go with burrow correct which is what i'm
1: saying but people are ignoring
2: that i understand that but that i can't listen to those people i can only i can only pay attention to what i see justin herbert had two all-pro type receive. You know what I'm saying. Hundred percent. How you gonna how you gonna have a young dude? It not have Keenan Allen. 100%. Man, you better Come on, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and everything else that they got couldn't. couldn't he's agree going with going to? You more. He's going to flourish in that situation, opposed to Sam Darnold, new code, new offensive coordinator. Da 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 da. It just it, it's hard to do. It's hard to do.
1: There's no question about Nothing
2: it. Nothing is established. Right. You're and, right. And so I hate when people try to say. When quarterbacks or players in general put in bad situations, oh,
1: he should do better. He's he's the victim of that. That is true. So if he's a victim of it, you should know he's a victim. If you're a football fan and you're watching it, correct. The, but you'd have to admit the narrative is complete opposite. And the
0: question is, can he get out of that victim mentality? Like well, you it, can it, get out
2: of it. You can get out of it with the right coaches and the right personnel around you, or you can sit there and just rot away because they keep hiring the wrong people all the time. You 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 know, again, if you can get Deshaun Watson, you get him. But if not, you 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 groom Sam to be good. Everybody that has come on to this show and we've talked to that has been in the league that understands the league says that Sam Darnold has all the talent in the world. He just needs to be with the right people.
1: No doubt. Okay, last word goes to the Jets number one fan, Mike Greenberg. Host of my favorite show on the network. Says, just don't overthink it. The argument for getting rid of Sam Darnold is pretty simple. It has just been a disaster in every conceivable way, and both sides probably need a fresh start. I still believe in Darnold, at least I believe in his talent, but he probably needs to go somewhere else and start over again. And the Jets probably need the same thing. They need to rid themselves of everything that reminds them of the last two years, and through no fault of his, Darnold is part of that. So that, to me, would be the reason to move on. Okay, so that's the deal in the AFC East. I don't agree with Mike. You don't agree with Mike? No, because nobody who nobody's in the building
2: anymore that was with Sam over the last three years, except Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas ain't calling no plays. It's Joe Douglas's job to continue to build the roster so that the guys could be successful. That's what it is.
1: There's no doubt about it. Let's try to squeeze this in. There is one big other NFL quarterback situation here over the last 24 hours. Let's go from A to Z. And it's brought to you by Dell. The Dell President's Day sale for businesses on up with up to 50% off PCs powered by Intel Core processors. Call 877-ASK-DELL for a Dell Technologies advisor. That's 877-ASK-DELL. We just ran through the AFC East. The big pressing question in the NFC North, answered by David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood, mostly here from Cap on ESPN 1000, our affiliate, in Chicago, saying if the Bears are searching for their answer at quarterback, much like the animal itself, it's going to be a long hibernation.
3: After calling all of these different people around the league yesterday, I'm not convinced the cor- the long term answer exists. At today on February whatever it is the ninth, mm-hmm. I don't think the long term answer exists realistically for the Chicago Bears. Will they fire them all?
1: In other words, that's that's the question for next year. I think, Jonathan. In other words, Key, even if they want to move on from Trubisky in our final minute here. Kaplan doesn't think there's anybody out there that's a feasible, reasonable, logical guy they can get their hands on. I mean, I, I, Deshaun's there, they can't get him. That's what he's saying.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know if there is though, right? I mean, what what is it that they're looking for? What is Chicago known for at the quarterback spot? Really, not
0: for somebody other than Mitchell Trubisky, (laughs) that's what you're looking for. Let's
2: be real, Sid Luckman, right? Sid Luckman. I I wasn't born, but (laughs) most people weren't born. I, I think when you look at it, though, the style of play and the organization and what they've always built was a guy that just don't screw it up, run the ball, play defense. This is a defensive organization. Just do that and get a guy that could dink and dunk when you need him to, and make a few throws and call it a day be do what you
1: do the nba doing what they do until they do not wait till you hear that
0: thanks for listening to Keyshawn j will and zubin make sure to subscribe rate and review you can hear the show live weekdays at 6 eastern on espn radio espn news or wherever you stream your audio